Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today we wrap up the week by wrapping up our series, Living in the Time of the Paradigm Shift with Mac Dominic. And then a little later, Greg Patton will be living in today's world. There are so many ways to access Watchmen on the Wall. On the radio, on our website, swrc.com. You can also subscribe to our daily podcast or download our SWRC app. All of these ways ensure that you never miss a moment of Watchmen on the Wall. Sending thank yous to everyone who has become faithful friends. It's really encouraging to know that individuals and families all across the country are joining alongside us with monthly financial support. Would you please consider partnering with us by giving a monthly gift and becoming a faithful friend of Watchmen on the Wall? Call 1-800-652-1144 today and learn about the exciting benefits of becoming a faithful friend. 1-800-652-1144. Or click on the Faithful Friends section of our website to get all the details. SWRC.com and click on Faithful Friends. Now, let's join staff evangelist James Collins and his guest, Mac Dominic, as they continue to unveil what it's like to live in the time of the paradigm shift. My guest again is Mac Dominic from Cutting Edge Ministries. Mac has produced a brand new DVD about the New World Order called System Breakdown, Living in the Time of the Paradigm Shift. He's here to open up our eyes to the globalist agenda. Mac, thanks for joining me again. Oh, you're welcome, James. Well, Mac, last time you were explaining what a paradigm shift was, and you say in the DVD that we are traveling from one world into another. We are traveling from what the astrologers call the Piscean Age to the Age of Aquarius. We are traveling from a Judeo-Christian worldview to something else. Would you elaborate on that statement? Yes, well, that's exactly what's going on. If you read and study New Age literature, that's exactly what they are saying. And we have officially entered into the age of Aquarius. Now, you know, back in the 60s, the fifth dimension came out with the song as the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Well, they were trying to bring about a change, but that terminology is all over New Age literature. But it goes much deeper than New Age when you get into the political side of life and the people that are the movers and shakers of what is going on in the world and those that are trying to bring about their agendas for the world that are quite different from what we've been experiencing here for the last few centuries. We talked about that term, the New World Order. I want to give you a quote that is in the DVD by Richard Gardner. Richard Gardner was a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. He wrote for the magazine or newspaper or newsletter, whatever you want to call it, of the CFR Foreign Affairs. And in April of 1974, he made this statement in his article, The Hard Road to New Order, to World Order. In short, the House of World Order will have to be built from the bottom up rather than the top down. It will look like a great, booming, buzzing confusion, to use William James' famous description of reality, but an end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece 
will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. And we have to realize, we have to go back to 1974 to understand exactly what he was talking about because we, we have to realize that we just came through the 1950s and the 1960s. You know, in the 1950s, the elite politicians of the world had formed this organization called the World Federalist. The goal of the World Federalist was to bring about a world government even in the 50s. And the 50s, of course, is the age that everybody looks back to as the golden age of America. Well, that might have been the case among the middle class, but if you read about the elite folks that were running everything back in the 50s, they were working, even then, for a one-world government. Then we had the 1960s, and the 60s radicals came along, and on the surface, it looked like by 1974, all the radical movements of the 1960s had been defeated. And so Richard Gardner came out with this article and said, we no longer can try the direct frontal approach. The World Federalists tried it in the 50s. It failed. The radicals tried it in the 60s, and on the surface of that, it seemed to fail. And he says, now we have to take a step-by-step, baby-step type of approach to this, and we need to make an end run around national sovereignty because we failed in bringing about our desired world government. This methodology, there's a term for that. It's called piecemeal functionalism, piece by piece, under the cover of darkness, little by little, like the frog in the boiling water, and bring the water to a boil, and eventually we will establish our new world order. But he made a statement in that quote as well. He said it will look like a great booming, buzzing confusion. I don't know if that was a typo in the article or if he misquoted William James' actual quote was a blooming, buzzing confusion, which is a direct reference to the mother goddess if, if you get into the study of Gaia and all those things. But the key here for him was when this really starts to change, it is going to be mass confusion. Well, we've had mass confusion not only in the United States, but in the entire world since about 2016. And, of course, most significantly in 2016, Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, and we had such confusion and such chaos in this country as we have never, ever realized. But at the same time, around 2016, you had Brexit, in the UK, where Nigel Farage led that movement to bring the UK out of Brexit because that's what the people wanted. You saw the same thing in France with Marine Le Pen trying to get away from the globalization of France and the lining up with the EU and all of those things. And this was a populist movement. The same thing was going on in Italy and other countries worldwide. We saw this. And all of a sudden, these populist movements started getting momentum. And when Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, this was a major, major blow 
to the globalist methodology of piecemeal functionalism. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to understand that at that point in time, the elitist globalist movement said, we have got to do something or we're going to lose control over everything that we've accomplished in this step-by-step approach since the 1950s. And that's when everything went crazy. Donald Trump had to be stopped. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, we get a managed crisis known as the COVID-19 pandemic. No matter what you believe about COVID-19, whether you believe it started in the wet market there in Wuhan, the lab there in Wuhan, whether it was an accident or a bioweapon, it doesn't matter what you think about that for the sake of this discussion, but what did come from that, that became a managed crisis. And the globalists will tell you, never let a good crisis go to waste. And of course, that crisis was managed and we saw a dress rehearsal of lockdown control over the world's population based on the COVID-19 pandemic. And so this was a direct result of the panic that came in because Donald Trump had to be stopped, had to be gotten out of office because the globalists were losing control. And now you have people like Klaus Schwab and that group, Soros Schwab, Of course, Schwab is the heir apparent to Maurice Strong, who was one of the big-time New Age heroes back in the 90s. But Schwab is the leader of the World Economic Forum pushing what they call the Great Reset. And so all of this happened. All of a sudden, we are in a mode here and have been since 2016 of complete and utter chaos, just like... Richard Gardner spoke about with the building of the New World Order. President Biden recently threatened to use executive action for what he called environmental justice. Now, Mac, it seems to me that climate change is a religion for these globalists. How are the globalists using the environmental movement to push for a one-world government? It's another managed crisis. You know, it's interesting. For years, we heard global warming. And I remember the day I was listening to the radio and Barack Obama was speaking, and he all of a sudden mentioned that the greatest challenge for mankind was climate change. I'm like, what? What What are you talking about, climate change? And he went on further, and basically it was nothing but repackaged global warming. What we have to realize, when you start looking at the environmental movement, I believe that God, in what is called the dominion mandate in Genesis 126, when God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, That is what is known as the dominion mandate. Man was given dominion over everything. Over everything. God didn't say, hey, the earth is a living creature and has to be over man. No, we don't have any of that. God gave man dominion. 
Now, along with dominion comes responsibility. Man is responsible to protect the environment, to protect God's creation, and be in dominion over everything that we see that he doesn't destroy it. But the radical environmentalist movement is based on a pantheistic worldview that all is God. You know, we have basically theism, atheism, and pantheism, and then you merge pantheism and atheism, and you get basically postmodernism. But the thing here is that the environmental movement is a worship of Gaia, it's a worship of Mother Earth. These folks believe that the Earth is a living creature. You know, Edgar Mitchell, who was one of the Apollo 8 astronauts, and Gene Houston mentioned this in a speech she gave back in 1989. She said that Edgar Mitchell said when they were coming back from the moon, all of their jobs were done. They had nothing to do. They sat back and were relaxing on their way home and he said all of a sudden he saw this beautiful blue and silver planet rising. And he said at that point in time he realized that she was alive. And he went from being an astronaut to a psychonaut. He came back and organized a group called the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Now that term noetic does not like Noah flood. The noetic sciences is about, noetic means the transition from man to God-man and how man becomes God. And so it's all pantheistic and all of this radical environmentalism leads to a pantheistic worldview. If you don't believe it, all you have to look at is some of the UN programs like Man and the Biosphere Agenda 21, which became Agenda 2030, and all of these things. You look at the Wildlands Project, where they want to make wildlife corridors, take something like 40% of the land mass of the United States, and make it uninhabitable and unaccessible by humans, and all of those things. They want to revitalize Mother Earth. They're saying that we are the brains of Gaia, and they want the Earth to regrow her nervous system because some people are the brain and some are the cancer of the planet, and I think I know what category I would fit into. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is this is all very, very pantheistic. In the presentation we talk about, we show some of the quotes from Mikhail Gorbachev you know, Mikhail Gorbachev, after he was premier of the Soviet Union, started the organization, the International Green Cross, and that was all about a change of values, a change of civilization, a paradigm shift from a civilization of consumerism to a more agrarian society, the elimination of something like five billion people on the earth because this whole population control is tied into the environmental movement. It's all tied into the Great Reset and all of those things. You know, AOC came out and said, if we don't do something, the world is going to end in 12 years. Well, okay, AOC, that's fine. We'll see what you're doing 
10, 12 years from now. But that's the kind of garbage that is coming out of the mouths of these people, and we have a civilization that has been indoctrinated in these philosophies really since the 1930s and drastically since the 1960s, and people are buying into the nonsense. They're being led by the nose into a pantheistic or postmodernistic worldview that says the earth is a living being and mankind has to be subordinate to the goddess Mother Earth, all the godlike creatures around us because all is God and we cannot destroy the divinity that is out there in front of us. What is the difference in tolerance and something you call new tolerance? That came from Josh McDowell, quite honestly. Josh McDowell wrote a book entitled The New Tolerance. And basically, we believe that the definition of tolerance is pretty much you hate the sin but love the sinner. In other words, you can be sympathetic toward an individual for doing something or having a lifestyle or believing something that you don't believe, and you can still love the individual, but you do not condone his lifestyle or his belief. That is the old tolerance. The new tolerance is not only do you have to love the sinner, but you have to praise him for his lifestyle or for his belief system. And if you don't do that, you are, by definition, intolerant. Mm -hmm. And the only person that a new postmodern individual is allowed to be intolerant of is the intolerant. And so you boil all that down and you come to what Jesus said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father by me. By modern definition, that would be a very bigoted statement because everyone's opinion, everyone's belief system is as good as everybody else's belief system, because after all, we're all really God, and we have to not only tolerate, but we have to praise and uphold and condone any new lifestyle, because those thoughts and opinions are as good as yours. That's what we see coming out. This is coming out in spades with this whole transgender movement, with the LGBTQ plus agendas that are going on in our world. This is all based on excessive individualism or individualism that says, hey, I am an individual. My deepest thoughts need to be acted on. And if those deepest thoughts fly in the face of morality or fly in the face of the commands of God, that's perfectly okay because that is what we are being taught and we are being led to in this new world order. We go through virtues and values in this presentation, and I believe that that is really the heart and soul of everything that's going on. The complete two-day conversation with Mac Dominic is available on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. Mac Dominic's two-DVD set, System Breakdown, Living in the Time of the Paradigm Shift, is available now. In this documentary presentation, 
Mac Dominic exposes how the New World Order crowd is setting the stage for the rise of the Antichrist. Order system breakdown, living in the time of the paradigm shift, when you call 1-800-652-1144. Author and pastor Greg Patton comes now to share another story from Living in Today's World. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about life and death. Living in today's world, trouble, we all have it. Have you thought much about the life of Job? Have you been in a Job-like experience? I've come from the position that unless you've been beat up pretty good in life, I think it's difficult to really be effective for the Lord Jesus Christ. Got to be there, got to do that. I was thinking recently as I read some remarks by former U.S. representative from the Fort Wayne, Indiana area, and always been tough, strong all of his life, and has terminal cancer. He wrote something recently, not doing well today. Got in our annual weekend special in Ludington, Michigan. Great time with my sisters. They names them all. But the price was very high. Just moving around has become difficult for me. All of this has also hit my wife very hard. My physical strength is declining. Nights have become a severe problem. None of this is a shock, but it is rather sudden. I know God is in charge of my life, but he's not promising all smooth tracks, but we know the end. Yes, we do, my brother, and many listening to the program know exactly what I'm talking about now. Most of you know we just had a great loss in our family. I was in Tennessee doing a fundraiser. A woman came to the station and brought me a card of condolence for the loss of my young boy, Benjamin. And she had some thoughts, and I was going to share some things with her, but she reminded me that she has lost four children, one of them tragically, and how difficult it is. This woman, as much as anyone I know, knows exactly what I'm going through. Until you've lost a child, you can talk about it. You can even preach about it. I've done that. But until you have experienced it, Sometimes with God, we take the attitude, I don't need you till I need you. Well, when tragedy strikes, you realize, God, I really need you now. I think this is but one part of that beat up thing that I'm talking about. Back to Job, I've always been amazed by his attitude, and that really is everything in life. It has to do with the will of God in your life. Attitude. It determines the altitude in your relationship to Jesus Christ. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Job, what a great job. Led of Almighty God, you were able to persevere. The Lord giveth, that's what the Bible says, and yes, the Lord taketh away. I've tried to talk to people about tragedy. You're not going to change anything, you know that? I mean, what's done is done. You have to somehow cope with that, put it all together as you best can scripturally, and get on with life. Life is for the living. There's so much to be done. You're still here because God's got something for you. Oh, it's tough. You will have memories of those that you have loved. We all go through this. Memories of those that you love. Sure, for the rest of your life, those things will come up, but you can't dwell there. Some of the things I talk about in my book on this spirit world, The Invisible War on the Saints, my friend, you need to focus on Almighty God. Glance at the devil now and then. You can do the same in trouble. Glance at the trouble now and then. But keep your focus on God. It'll keep you from failing. Paul said it best in Romans chapter 7 how difficult it is 
to serve. The things that he wanted to do for God, he was not doing. But the things that he didn't want to do, he was doing. Welcome to the Christian walk. If it were easy, the Christian walk, everybody would be a Christian today. It is not easy. It can be extremely difficult and testing. Lean upon the Lord with all your heart. Not to your own understanding, as it says there in the book of Proverbs. Lean on the Lord with all your heart, not on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge God, and He promises you. He promises you. He will direct your path. Trouble, I read stories about it every day. My Facebook page, we have hundreds and hundreds of followers there, and you read the stories one after another. Hospitalization, death, tragedy. Even in the animal kingdom, so many stories there about a lost pet and within 17 years, it's life. As I'm reminded of so many times, my friend, all of this is going to end sometime. Relationships, going to end sometime. Life itself, you know it to be a fact, is going to end sometime. Which brings about a key point. Where are you in all of this? I have just recently thought about this fact. It's been quite some time now since my youngest son passed away tragically on our deck in the backyard as a result of a heart attack, and I have not cried. And as I've thought about that, I know where he is. I'm excited that he is in heaven. Do I miss him? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? And I will have the memories until I pass to the other side. But I know where he is, and I know I'm going to be with him soon. So, really no reason for tears. And I'm a very emotional person. If you've heard me preach, you've heard me on the radio, it's just me. But God somehow has given me an unusual peace that I know where my Benjamin is. And as a result of that, I have been able to to show others. I've been able to encourage others in a time of trial, tragedy, death. Absolutely. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the enemy is not going to get to me in this one. Thank you, Lord, for saving my son at a young age and and to take him home when you did the way you did. You are an awesome God. And let me close just by asking this question once again. Do you know him? Has there ever been a time in your life where you have cried out to God and asked him to forgive you of your sins? Some think they cannot do that, and that is a lie from the enemy. You can regardless. Ask him today to forgive you of your sins and invite Christ into your life to rule and reign. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as I continue to say, it's a fantastic way to live and a fantastic way to die, knowing Jesus Christ as Savior. Yes, indeed, we all have those times, ups and downs. They're the happy and the sad. I'm kind of at a happy, sad point in my life right now. Sad that I have lost a fantastic son happy and knowing where he is. Living in today's world, we're all there and we share stories all the time where you live and where I live. I'm so grateful to a God who loves me and cares so much. Today's featured resource is the DVD set System Breakdown, Living in the Time of the Paradigm Shift by Mac Dominic. This two DVD set is available when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. And we still need faithful friends, individuals, and families willing to stand with us and support Watchmen on the Wall with a monthly gift. 
Sign up today and discover all of the benefits of becoming a faithful friend. 1-800-652-1144 or online swrc.com. God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.